Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Um, we have a special guest with us today. Um, we have Bruce, my dog. We're doing it from my dining room, and I'm joined here today. On location. Joined here today by Matt Cantrell and by Brady Roberts. Hey guys. And um, my dog Bruce is is walking around the uh, house, just making sure everything's going okay. You might hear his footsteps every now and then. It's a little bit of his breathing, if you heard that. Anyways, we're glad that you joined us today. We're excited to jump into a few things that will hopefully brighten your day, challenge your thinking, and help you in your walk with Jesus as we, as we talk about these conversations that form us. Um, I wanted to let people know that since Brady is on, my brother's here, and uh, last week we did a little bit of a sermon planning trip. Um, and and we we were eating at a restaurant um, first thing on this little trip, and the waitress when we were leaving the restaurant came up to Brady and said, "Hey, you look just like that guy who plays Superman." She said, "I just want to point out the obvious." She said that was her. Was I just want to point said. out the obvious. You look like Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. The and Superman. Brady, what, what what did you say to her? I didn't know what to say. He said, oh, let's stop. I didn't say that. I think what was happening in my brain was, I get that sometimes. And I also get Gumby and Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> so a cross between Superman and Gumby. Bob Saget. <laughs> oh, and Big Bird. Did you hear when she said, and you look just like George Clooney? <laughs> To Eli. No. To, no, you guys didn't hear that? Oh, okay. she didn't I'm say that. I'm pretty sure she didn't say that, but... I don't... The, she, our first, your, first, while we were your first interaction with her was, I'll have a chicken fried steak. And then she said, <laughs> sometimes chicken fried chicken comes out instead. And to appease her, you went, I don't know the difference. <laughs> I was just being polite. <laughs> well, what people need to know is that this isn't the only time that someone has said that you look like Henry Cavill. Um... Nicole, my wife, Nicole, has always said that Brady looks just like the guy who plays Superman. It's funny because I don't think that at all. But I th- it might, maybe, who knows, maybe it's the glasses? Maybe, yeah. I, I, I think it's more than that. I think you're just a handsome guy. People like to point it out. I think that's what, I think that's what it is. No, that's not it. <laughs> um... Among other things, um, which we'll talk a little bit about what we're kind of planning on teaching in 2024 at the District Church, because that was a fun opportunity to uh, to sit down and kind of think through what, what, what do we think God's doing in the life of our church. We'll be coming into a new season um, because we plan to be in our new building on Christmas Eve, and so all of 2024 will be in a new space. It'll have a new feel. Um, 2024 is also a political year, which um, everyone knows the divisiveness that we feel, the polarization that we feel, and so uh, that's just there's just going to be some heaviness in 2024. The world's in a bit of chaos, mm-hmm. a few wars, um, and uh, a lot of a lot of uh, I think anxiousness and um, what's gonna what's it gonna look like? So there's a, there's a lot of that, and I think we've kind of prepared some um, direction for our teaching in the next year that's going to be helpful for us to navigate as a church family. 
But before we do that, um, we, we also want to talk about, we, we've updated uh, on things that are going on at the building, the renovations and the yep. Rooted campaign and all that's come in for that. If, if you need to be up to date on that, we've received about $84,000 um, of that $200,000 that we were that we were aiming for, and we have we have about two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth of commitments in total, and so that's just been an answer to prayer, and so the renovations are underway. But we've we've talked about that. Something that we haven't talked about or considered, for us at the district, we have been in three different environments. We've been in, and 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 for many of us, we started in a probably an established church environment, and then we were sent. We went to start a new work. And our first stop was Milk Float, a coffee shop in Delano. <clears throat> and we met there for six months. And then um, after that, we launched the church in Franklin Elementary's gym. And we did the whole mobile setup. Uh, you know, you bring everything in and you set it all up and then you are done with the service and you tear it all down. We did that for a couple of years and then we moved over across the street into a post office that we remodeled. And so it's, it's been interesting that um, our kids ministry spaces have been coffee shops and gymnasiums and uh, fabricated places really. And we've kind of built a, a neat little community um, that has always called those places home, but we've kind of been transient and we've always had a transient feel and we've always, it's been easy for us to feel like we're on a mission because we don't feel like we've got, this is just like our home to really become ours. And, 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 and in some of that, you start to feel institutionalized when you have a place, right? When you move from renting a house to, or an apartment to buying a house, you feel a bit different. It's like when you when you move out of your parents' house and you go to a dorm, that feels different. You 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 kind of feel a sense of ownership. Mm-hmm. Then you move from that into renting something and then buying. And so there's a different feel, different level of responsibility. Um, but it can it can it, it's it's brought to mind maybe just something for us to discuss today. The temptation for us to take our strength, which has been an outward focus in the neighborhood, and to turn our eyes inward and make it about the brick and the mortar and the building that we have not been tempted to do up to this point because we haven't had much to say, oh, we'll just focus inwardly. Everything has been open-handed, outward focus. How do we build a reputation in the neighborhood? How do we make our church matter for the people and the setting and the context that it's in. And now we, we are turning into having something that we're owning and that we're maintaining. And so there's a bit of an institutionalization that's going to go on in this next season. Some of that's probably healthy and some of that's probably we need to guard against it. So hmm. I sparked that conversation that way. What say you guys? Well, I, I remember we we've already entered that temptation when we renovated the post office, right? I mean, I remember, I mean, remember the days, you know, you mentioned that we started out at Milk Float and then we went over to Franklin. It was a big deal when we, it was a huge deal when we started meeting at Franklin because it felt like, hey, we have like a big room where we can have our services and have a lot more people come. Um, but then it was a big deal when we like moved into our own space that wasn't USD two five nine owned, you know. 
Yeah. And uh, and so I remember having those conversations like, hey, this is awesome. It's a great space for just for us. Um, but we got to guard against, you know, uh, <laughs> this just being about our building and this just being about the district church because we've always felt this strong calling from day one to be in and for the neighborhood. We wanted our church to be about our neighborhood. Um, and I love the way you, I love your language, Trav, that you always, when, when we're talking about the new building, you say, this is a gift for the neighborhood. And I feel like most organizations, you know, even nonprofit organizations wouldn't consider their space, their thing, as something for the neighborhood. Hmm. I just love to think of it that way. While we're making this pr- this space super awesome, you know, it's going to be an amazing space. We always kind of have in mind the the neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. our neighborhood. It's not really it's not about the district church, it's more for the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And and for all the people who are going to be able to use it and all the people who are going to come in and worship worship God in it and all that. Yeah, I'm I'm Interested? Maybe this is a not, not as great of a, an answer or a, a move from your prompt, but just thinking of—I don't remember the word you used—but I think of like nomad. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we bounce around a lot. Like even um, the prospect of of you, Travis, having an office or a space. Like we've been joking around a lot. Like there's lots of rooms for us to potentially office out of and mm-hmm. every time somebody walks into that little office area right as you walk in they go so is this is gonna be somebody's office is this what is this where travis is gonna do sermon prep and stuff and it's just that's just a joke to some degree because yeah. you're bouncing around all the time and right. the, but there is a necessity of like to be you use institutionalized that sounds like being put into a mental ward to me mm. which, yeah i know yeah <clears throat> you should maybe explain what you mean by institutionalized like what does it mean if the the, the fact that we we're, we're facing the temptation of becoming institutionalized by moving into a big building? Well, I think the you go ahead and do it, but like the institution part of being like this is a set in stone. It is the brick and mortar. We're in one spot. Like you think of an institution and you think of like a university or something like that, where it's like it's established in the community and it's 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 there and it's a location in which. There's, it's, a, it's a location in which the specific mission is being accomplished, right? Yeah, I mean, um, it, it, you, you see it in, I mean, businesses go through it. Um, uh, churches, churches go through it in, in, in particular as well, <clears throat> where you move from being, you know, movement, um, flexible, adaptable from early stages in, your, in, in the life of your organization to having a following enough to put down roots to be a pillar in the community there would be some things in the delano neighborhood that we would say are pillars to the culture vibe feel of the neighborhood you would look at our schools and say those are pillars because everyone shares those schools for the supplemental like raising of kids they're they're learning and growing in their education right um, you would look at some of the restaurants and the way they support the how people get food. Gas stations provide resource. Um, grocery stores provide something that families can take home. And so there's a there's a bit of like there's an institutionalized brand of each of those things. A mechanic um, down the road, uh, the Masonic home at one point, Friends University 
an institutionalized, you know, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a part of the fabric of the neighborhood. And some businesses are, they never actually reach that place. They come in, they start, especially down the Delano business area, they start, they've got a great idea, but they never turn the corner from being kind of like a, um, something for a niche market, and they, but they never actually gain enough of a following to become institutionalized, a part of the fabric of the, uh, of the neighborhood. And so for us, it means we're, we're investing um, dollars into owning a piece of property, but putting uh, down roots so that we can be a long part of the neighborhood, to become a, a piece of the fabric of the neighborhood, to become a, a church that people in the neighborhood could call home, build family, raise their kids, um, learn, uh, grow, all of those kinds of things. And so uh, to do that, a church goes from how do how do we use our resource if we don't have anything you know as far as like brick and mortar to how do we use our resource to welcome people in and to be, to be a, a part of what we're doing or to, for them to use what we're doing <coughs> to to help them um, with their with their organization so just institutionalizes just you 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 become an entity that has to maintain yourself mm -hmm. care for yourself and care for the people within and, and, and as a church so that then they can also focus outwardly yeah. um, in, into the neighborhood. And so, yeah, while you're describing that, you can hear a lot of the positives. Well, a lot of the necessities of be, being institutionalized. You're talking about because a very, a very tiny percent of church plants actually become established to the point where they're not like wondering, will, will we be around next year? You know, like we've reached a point with the district church where. Of course we live by God's grace, but we're right. like, we, we, this we, building is kind of a sign that God has established us and there's more permanence to so what a, we're doing. A, yeah. a, kind of a self-sustaining yes. area. And we're not, we're not like self-sustaining by like leaps and bounds. We, we know we've never grown by like huge amounts. And so that's also helped us maintain our focus on mission. We haven't had to pivot in a, in a in a really fast way go like oh we got to make it you know quick we got to figure out how to um you know uh, make room for 400 people we've we've had to pivot and say how do we continue to make room for the next 30 people mm -hmm. and that's actually by god's grace that we could grow incrementally and grow in ways that we could manage and again because because we want to be in and for the neighborhood for a long long time the, the negative effect of, of turning into an institution when you are a church, as I go back to that, I, I don't know who said it, but um, the church is the only organization in the world that exists for its non-members. Mm -hmm. So every business that you walk into exists for its customers, um, exists for those that have like already purchased and want to keep purchasing and all that kind of stuff. Um, the church doesn't exist for itself. It exists for those who are not a part of it. It exists for those, it's, it's what Jesus says, I, I've come to seek and save the lost. So even those who become a part of the church are in a sense growing in full maturity to be sent. We're all being sent out into the, into the world to reach the next person, to to share the gospel and to disciple other people. Yeah. And so as we're becoming more of a pillar 
in the neighborhood and, and becoming more of an institution, we at the same time don't want to become a museum. Um, and so, the, so I, the two words that I have like, I've talked about with a few people is churches that, that are, that, that have, have like some, they're, they're self-sustaining or they're, they've been in existence for a long time. The church is a mission but it's easy for it to become a museum. Mm -hmm. It's easy for it to become, hey, don't touch that. Hey, put that back. Hey, leave that alone. Hey, hey what are you doing in here? Right, like, it, yeah. and, and don't you know the, this, that, and like, so, and, and some of that is good. Like, there's nothing wrong with tradition for the sake of tradition, for it to, to, for it to build an appreciation in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and give us the right and proper focus. Tradition that aims at Jesus is tradition I'm all about. But tradition that aims at tradition is, yeah. that's where you get into the museum aspect. And when a church becomes a museum, like look at these artifacts, look at what they used to do, look at the things mm -hmm. that they used to be about, that, that's dangerous territory. Yeah. We are a mission, which means we're, we exist in a culture, in a time, in a place because we have a specific call and and we have a mission to accomplish yeah like that's that's the that's the point in the focus of the church so it's it's museum versus mission yeah I, yeah and where where we've been at i think uh, the the nomad or transitory whatever like however you want to phrase it it's been easier to focus on we go out we are sent we have it's it's been the language that we that we've kind of grown to like love and walk with us is like we're the sent church we're the scattered church mm -hmm. and the temptation when we're institutionalized if you will when we have like brick and mortar where we have a a home base that really is home then it becomes more tempting to uh, rather than being scattered, it's like we are only the church when we're gathered, and it creates this. Uh, I've heard it described as a fortress theology, where you see like this kind of um, insulated. Hey, basically, we just hunker down and we wait until Jesus returns. And if somebody comes in, we like we check them real quick, and and we see like, are you all right to be a part of what we're doing? Sure. Yeah, you can come in. Rather than where the mentality it's been easier for us to have is is the we exist for people that are not members. Mm -hmm. The the part where I would poke at what you're saying, uh, which I don't think you're you're not saying this, but the church exists for members and non-members alike. And so when you're more of a pillar in an institution, like the thing that I the thing that I think of more is like the how do we lead people into the fullness of maturity in Christ so that we can send them out? So there's the equipping side of it, the Ephesians 4, God's given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, in order to equip the church to do like the work of ministry. The temptation can be, um, for, for those of us who, who teach or are thinking missionally, it's like the temptation can be how can we gather up a lot of people or a lot of things to fill this space that we now have mm -hmm. and then we go all right so it's their job to go do it and we just stay tucked in which is like the the blessing of the foundation that the district is kind of built on is those who are in leadership are in leadership and are trusted to some capacity because that's not their mentality the mentality is i'm going out follow me as i go do this thing 
the unique one of the unique challenges that I see as we move into this building is how do we hold that with open hands? How do we how do we lead well and not step into like a hypocritical position of we will just like hand you a Bible and then you go tell people about Jesus? Uh-huh. But how do we also hold with an open hand like there will be more more people in the church likely there's more events going on we talked about like wanting to use the church as like a community center of opening it up so people can come come study or come do whatever in the church like so how do we hold those both with open hands how do we equip people well as as well as uh, continue to to recognize that we are still the scattered church it's not what happens in the building is church now yeah because you're making the point I think that the church, what Travis just said, is that the church is the only organization that exists for its non-members. Mm-hmm. You're making the point that the church obviously has to exist with the members and the non-members. Both. And I, and this is where I really appreciate, you know, Travis Hart as a leader. I've gotten to kind of see him up close, being able to work with him for the last, you know, handful of years. But he really does have a heart for. You know, where the Apostle Paul talks about how Jesus gifted the church in Ephesians 4 with the prophets, the apostles, the um, the shepherds, the teachers, the evangelists. Travis definitely has the heart of an evangelist where he's constantly, which is a huge heart of Jesus, a heart of God for the lost. And I just think it's a very easy thing for the church to have a focus inwardly mm-hmm. on let's grow this thing and let's focus on our our fellowship our gathering our church like this which is what it's really helpful to think of that language where that we kind of talk about in discipleship where the heart of god for the church has an a three-part focus of an upward and inward and an outward focus uh it's hard to balance all i feel like in the in that book in that discipleship book that we read I feel like you f- usually find churches that have one of those focuses and maybe sometimes two, but it's really most common that you find a church that has one focus, like a church that's very outward. Like we're really going to focus on reaching the masses or helping the homeless or, you know, this, 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 that, and the other, or we're going to be a very inward focused church where, you know, this is typically smaller churches, very community focused where we all know each other's names. We all just like to gather up and drink coffee and read, bi- read the Bible together, you know? And then there's the upward focus that's all about scripture and all about preaching. And But Jesus, I think, as a man in scripture, just demonstrates perfectly all three. Mm-hmm. Where he was constantly saying things like that. Like, you know, I, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And I came to seek and to save the lost. And so as much as it's a temptation for our churches to get inwardly focused or get focused on our buildings or whatever. He just constantly has this grace and truth focus on the people who are not welcomed. And so I appreciate that about your heart, Travis, that just like it helps us to remember that this gift that we have from God in this beautiful building, uh, it's not for us only. It is for the development of believers and the equipping of believers. And it is for very much, like a gift for our neighborhood, right, and people who who would never go to church. It's not somewhere to hunker down. It's some. It's a. It's a tool and a resource to be used, just like any other. Yeah, I think when I when I think about that, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm chewing through 
because I think sometimes we qualify our statements. So you're qualifying it by saying like it exists for the members and the non-members. You're kind of qualifying the, you know what I'm saying? The okay, okay it doesn't just exist for them. We it also exists for the members. My I think I think when I think about full like I think God is a God on mission. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, when yeah. people think about God, they first kind of come through him through like, well, he's with me to get me through my day. But I think God from scripture is always on mission. Mm -hmm. Always. I think we wake up and he's on mission. I don't think we ever ask him to do something. I think he's already doing something and we're getting in line with him. So you start Genesis 12 and he's calling Abram to go and he's going to, become a great nation <clears throat> and he's structuring a nation to go and be a blessing to the whole world which is the whole point and focus of Israel and uh, the nation of Israel and then um, he, he, he sends Jesus to be Emmanuel God with us and the whole time Jesus is telling us I'm here to seek and save the lost mm -hmm. I'm here to gather up the lost sheep and bring them home he uses the illustration of a lost coin and the lost son and um, the lost sheep he's illustrating over and over and over he's like i'm here to seek and to save the lost yep. which, is, which is also why he really ticked off a lot of the the religious leaders of the day because there was just a myopic focus of this is just for us this is yep. just for us leave us alone get out of here let us have our thing and jesus is like i'm here for those who are the disenfranchised the brokenhearted the meek and the mild and then he says I want you to go and his command Matthew 28 go into all the world um, um, preaching the gospel teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you and he says like teach them what everything I've commanded you mm -hmm. and surely I'm with you to the ends of the age go everywhere and so we have a God who theologically if we have a God who just exists for the district or just exists for Wichita then we don't have like probably a pretty biblically sound God but a God who's on mission when we're in our worship services praising God he's simultaneously at the same time reaching and calling and wooing the lost to himself right so there's there's just this and and I and I would put it I would probably frame it like that's what he does he's pursuing those who are lost and when we are called in it's it's not because he's created a it's it's not like just here's the church and it belongs it's for you because the church is a it's a noun and a verb hmm. it is who we are and it is what we do and so the church in in a sense is not a is not a word for institution it only becomes institution around the way that we kind of maybe frame it or have seen it or experienced it the church is still mission yeah. because it is god's plan a for accomplishing his said mission from the beginning yeah he's like then and, and it's so i yeah i probably have like a I probably am like, all right, how do we qualify that? Because there's not a, the possession of the church, what do we possess? What do we own? In, in an institution, you come in and you own something, you grab hold of something. What do we own? We own, we get to be in the family of God. We are the royal priesthood, the family of believers. We're, we are now in the family with, with Jesus. He is our possession. 
our our um, uh, our identity and all of that. And so, yes, I I'm not. I, I just go in like the the overall overarching purpose for our gatherings even is not the end in of itself is the gathering mm-hmm. it's the worship and glorification of God to bring him glory but those don't exist just for us to latch on to but for us to welcome people into and to introduce you know the, the whole rhythm and culture and, and focus of of who Jesus is and that he's the missing piece like we, we believe like as Christians we believe like all of all of our issues stem from our inability to be Christ-like. Like the, the the character issues that I have in my life, and the problems that I have, the anxiety and the and the frustration and the bitterness, whatever it is that I'm struggling with, is is area in it's ground in my life that has not submitted to Christ-likeness. That the cure for all of those issues is is to be more and more Christ-like. And so, um, we just get, you know we welcome people and, and invite them into that that life, and I never and I never dissect or divorce that that um, beauty from the next person, uh, you know, to me, you know, always in, inviting it. So I don't know, you know, does that make, does that make sense? My long rambling. You, I mean, you just further undergirded what Brady was saying is that you're wired as, as an evangelist, which is, I mean, not to completely just Matt take what you said and then, <laughs> not to take everything you just said and boil it down like like that because you you said a lot of really good things, but like that is that's a a blessing for us to have, especially as we're stepping into a position where it could be, let's just like vacuum everything up and hold it. Um, yeah, uh, there's a there's a quote that that we used uh, that that you preached with a couple months ago, I think, when it was, uh, gosh, I can't remember who said it, but but the quote was something along the lines of like, if you look around, what you're going to realize is that Jesus is out in the world, and he is like moving. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, that is um, uh, Alan Hirsch, or yeah, yeah. It was like a. It's gonna probably frighten you to realize, like Jesus is out there and he's he's grabbing people to to be loved and to yeah. be a part of, yeah. of what's going on. And then also love. Uh, Brady always references this. You guys like early, early uh, meeting at Milk Float and stuff like that. Kind of the one of the war cries was like, "We're not here to plan a service. We're here to plan a church mm-hmm. in the neighborhood." We should, we should write that somewhere at the building. <coughs> I think you should on get it wall. tattooed, Brady. Yeah, my neck, a neck tat. A neck tat. That's, that would be a, you'd have to have a long neck. Um, Good thing I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Superman. Um, but that, yeah, I, I, I love that because can, we can easily, again, we can discredit and run in the opposite direction. A lot of, a lot of following Jesus is the temptation <laughs> uh, to run in, in one direction and then he pulls us back to the middle. We love evangelism. We, we feel the call to like go and, and share our faith with everybody, and then all of a sudden we're like, oh, wait, I'm not a part of a community. Okay, God's got to pull us back, and then we swing to the other side of the pendulum, and it's like, we love our community. This is wonderful. Oh, wait, we haven't met a new person in weeks. Like It's swinging back and forth. Um, so, yeah, I love the, the, realizing that, as you're saying, like the gathering, the worshiping, even the proclamation of the word and community, like... That is a wonderful thing. We need to gather. 
but it's part it, it's part of the mission it's it's not the whole it's it's part of the sum of the whole like it's 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 in there and we bring people into the family um yeah well i'm i mean on a on i don't know that i i i think i'm processing probably probably mid mid conversation like the way that we think about you know christianity and maybe maybe spirituality in general is like it's it's um there's the way that we 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 and I, and we separate out um evangelism and discipleship i don't i wish we could come up with a word that just explains them both because they're they're both the same they're the same thing they're you can't you can't have discipleship without evangelism jesus didn't have discipleship time and evangelism time yeah it, there was just there was like you were following him and yeah. you were you were learning who he was and what he's all i mean yeah he, he taught and he he led by example and he all, all all of those kinds of things we don't divorce any of those any of those things from from that i just we maybe maybe for our understanding we put those things into different categories but hmm. there's there's in in some sense and and this is probably like who who says i'm 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 horrible about remembering who says stuff but but everyone's being discipled all the time discipleship isn't a when i go to church thing just like evangelism isn't when i go to church i think it's funny like there's evangelism that needs to happen in the church but we're like, oh, that's something you do outside of the church. No, it's not. It's something you do because you're following Jesus and you're in a group of people that you might be sitting next to somebody who hasn't fully surrendered to the authority of Jesus or who, is, who, is, who, who doesn't yet believe or who isn't quite there. Like our standards of what we hold to in, in, in that. Um, just like discipleship is never, an, you're always being discipled by something. The, the moment I, I am influenced by the world and being discipled by something, mm-hmm. I, see, I see a commercial I'm being discipled into the advertisement for I need that thing in my life in order to feel X, Y, and Z, right? Right. So, um, it, so to me, there's, and it's not, it's not like black and white versus grayer. It's just this is always happening, and the way that Jesus structures it is, it's it encompasses your whole life, which is how Paul talks about the ministry, and and um, and so that that kind of thing happens though when the church becomes more institutionalized because we train people to do certain things here's yep. how to evangelize here's how to disciple and really at the end of the day it's we're trying to teach people how to become christ-like and live yeah well it's, and sh- shout out back to what uh, eli talked about a couple months ago but like we it's the caricature thing that's probably what we do with we separate evangelism and a, and a, or a, a discipleship in there is because we have a caricature that fits under each of those things. Mm-hmm. And we just do that. Yeah, we do that constantly. I do that. I mean, listen to how I talk. I'm doing that all the time because I need something to like, I need something to grasp onto in order to be able to like conceptualize what we're discussing, (laughs) but it like Jesus, the same way that the Pharisees did the same way that our society does. Now we care, we caricature Jesus and we say like, I can grasp onto these things. It's, I mean, it's the temptation to, to throw the baby out with the bathwater. When you go, Jesus is supposed to be 
fully God and fully man. Like the whole first century or two after, or two or three centuries after Jesus ascended into heaven, people were like, so what was he? Mm-hmm. And it's because we have a, this is what this is what we understand and we caricature all right if he's if he's fully man yeah then i mean he god couldn't exist if he was fully god then like he couldn't have had a physical body because that's what we comprehend yeah 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 no i i i i, I get that for sure like we have to we, we put things in 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 ways that we uh can explain mm. and and became, they, they become tangible for us to actually use and both of those things, Utility. evangelism and discipleship, require you to slow down and to actually take what was what am I like? What's my presupposition? What am I thinking before? And like stop and go, all right, is this true? Yeah. Does this is this what God is? Is this what I am? Yeah. Yeah. So the question is, do you think that Brady actually does look like Henry Cavill? Yes. Go on. The question is. How do we focus on both of those things in our new building where we prioritize both and, and not become inward focused and not become crazy, you know, crazy outwardly focused and lose, you know, how do we, how do we maintain a balance while we step into a big building? You know, I guess that's, that's the ultimate question. I think it would be cool to land on. Yeah. I think that we do it with a posture of receiving the gift that is this building. God has been in the middle of that work. And so it's a celebration that we are, the, the celebration of the, the district uh, walking into a new space is we can root ourselves into the neighborhood even more, even more so than we've been. And we can invest for years and years and years to come in the neighborhood and help the spiritual landscape in Wichita with a, a place that we can invite people into and invite the community into and all that kind of stuff. So we don't, I mean, I'm saying that because I, we don't have to go, we don't have to be people who are like, oh, we don't need a building. You know, we, we just, it's just, it's just the people. That's true. It is, it is the people and it's the people that we're, we're, working to unite and grow and, and and love and character in Jesus. But we we don't have to shirk the building because it's we, we want to just oversimplify it in some way. We just take it as God led us into this next season, into this next space for such a time as this. And so we celebrate having that. And we we then want to be stewards with good stewards of it. Um, and we want to celebrate that people can have a place to come in and grow and learn and have conversation and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but, but I think we're, we're at a fun season. We're in a fun season because we still don't know enough as a church, like how to do everything. We are a six-year-old church. What? (laughs) Like, in, in some ways, like we're a six-year-old church that I don't think has the, we don't have um, an ego that we're walking in with. We're actually walking in with, I hope we do this well. <laughs> it's the uh, uh, Aziz Ansari in Parks and Rec when he's talking to whatever the main character, uh, and he says, you need to start your speech the way that Abraham Lincoln did. He said, hey, I'm Abraham Lincoln. I'm president. And honestly, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I, 
so I, I think that I think there's some humility that comes with we're so excited and we see God in it so much and we're so and also like all right God you you got us to this point what do you, what are you going to do next mm-hmm. you know and so I think there's some humility that kind of comes with that that's just kind of natural that we can just fully embrace and then just yeah. keep doing what we're doing mm-hmm. teaching the word of God building out our hubs um investing in the next generation with our kids and building youth ministry, uh, I think is a big next step for the district. Um, and this space gives us a great opportunity to provide something for the neighborhood in that, in that Mm -hmm. way. Um, keep building our community partnerships because part of the dream of the district is that we would, we would be like, um, and Alex Gilpin talked about this when, when he was on, he's always talked about this, but like, we always want to have we want to have a, a a good sense of how the neighborhood around us is doing and is our church having an effect on that mm-hmm. if we're not having an effect on the on the context that we're in we we need to ask ourselves what are we missing mm-hmm. if and that's what happens when you become institutionalized is you insulate and you get into the church walls and you build a culture and a community within the, those walls that doesn't ever expand mm-hmm. into the culture and the setting that, that you're in. So we want to see everything that we, we saw before. We think about like food programs at Franklin, reading programs at Franklin, grades, attendance. We want to see those things improve. If those don't improve and they worsen, is the church not having enough of an effect, not having an effect at all, not doing something to make an effect. So we want to see those things get better. We want to see the number of lostness, the number of people who are lost in our neighborhood. We don't want to see that go up. We want to see that go down. And if that's not happening, like we, we want to take, I guess I should probably say it this way. Us moving into a building is us taking responsibility for lostness in our neighborhood. Yeah. And us saying, we're not blaming the culture, we're not blaming the devil, mm-hmm. we're not blaming anybody else around us. We're going to take responsibility for that level of lostness, and we're mm-hmm. going to take ground back from Satan and hopefully lead more and more people to know, to, to, to walk with um, the living God. Yeah. Well, what a beautiful example of the gospel. We're talking about like, Abr- like Abram in Genesis 12 being sent. Jesus being described as Emmanuel, God with us, is like that's what the church is supposed to be. God could have very easily been like, "It's crazy out there. I'm gonna stay here," and like that's that. That is, I think, in a sense, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, temptations moving into a new building is like, "Have you seen crime rates recently? Gee whiz, we're gonna stay in here. The water is fine, and then maybe some people will step in or will be like, "Come on, come in, but don't get like, don't yeah." Don't, yeah. Don't muddy the water. Like instead, yeah. like we have, we are the temple of God. The Holy Spirit exists in us. We get to be, in a in a very real sense, God, God in the world. Yeah. Which is which, a a wild thought. Yeah. Which if you you know, uh, you know, if you come to the district and you live close by, this this applies to you. If you live in Delano, um, you don't just go to church at the district, but the problems and the issues in your neighborhood are something that should be something that you care about that Mm -hmm. are not small and no big deal to you because they don't impact you. Um, Just like 
you know, like I don't live in Delano, you know, Nicole and I live in College Hill, but I think that God wants Nicole and I to have a heart for the issues in our neighborhood too, Mm -hmm. just like Delano, just like the district church does for Delano. We want the issues and the problems of our neighbors to matter to us, you know. I, I just think, like the, like the calling that Jesus put on every disciple, he said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. That, hopefully, is the calling on our whole church, you know. We should look to deny ourselves, you know, carry the cross and follow after Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I think the value there is we exist for the world, not for ourselves. So, you know. Yeah. Trying to embrace that mindset as we move into a building means, again, this isn't about us. This isn't about the, the district church arriving or, you know, accomplishing something. This is absolutely about the world around us. Yeah. And that word, I think that word follow is significant too. Even what we've already been talking about. God is, God's moving. He's out there accomplishing things, has a plan, and he's given mm-hmm. us the, the opportunity and the, the privilege and the, just like a, uh, yeah the best calling to say, all right, what are you doing? How do we hop on board and kind of like fulfill the role that maybe you've given us? That's a pretty cool, cool one. All right. I think that's, that's pretty sweet. Um, can you give us impressions, Brady, of the three people that you've been called, you've been told you look like, or four people? First, do your best Henry Cavill. He's British. Hello, mate. Okay. Uh, Put another shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Second one was, uh, did you say Gumby? <laughs> and now the exact same impression, Bob Saget. Hey, his, it's me, Bob Saget. Yeah, do his full house, not his stand-up. Uh, and then lastly, uh, the Big Bird. Big Bird. Hey, guys. Oh, Whoa. Oh, not good. Oh, do not listen that to this at night. That was good, though. <laughs> that actually did something. She was. Uh, we love you guys despite whatever that last noise does to you.